this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Psalm 1, blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the Lord his God, and he shall meditate therein day and night. I didn't quote that exactly right, but it talks about meditating day and night. Uh, here it talks about meditation. A lot in the Psalms, there's a lot of, lot of verses that we can look at, talks about meditation. Um, yeah, and we do hear, you know, even in the world today, you hear, of course, there's transcendental meditation, a lot, a lot of different things, what is meant by meditation. But to meditate, according to Webster's, is a close or continued thought, the turning or revolving of a subject in the mind. So it's serious contemplation. Uh, and, you know, meditation is very important because it, you know, it affects our, our thought, has to do with our thoughts, and our thoughts become what? Actions. Proverbs says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, the world understands this. They understand it very well. Um, in fact, um, just this week, I, I caught this this uh, little phrase out of a news clip. Um, there was, uh, I think it was Joe Scarborough. Is he with MSNBC, I think? Or somebody, anyway. Or maybe see, I can't remember who he's with. But anyway... He was, and I think it was him, was, was talking with another newsman by the name of Mike Brzezinski or something like that. I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. Anyway, they were talking about, and they are saying, and this is news media, and by the way, this is, this, is, this is media's goal. Whether it's Hollywood or whatever it is, this is their goal. They understand this idea of your thoughts and your meditation. Anyway, they were, they were talking about how they, they believe that Trump is trying to actually gain control of the minds of Americans. And this is what he said. This is a newsman. He said, that's our job. And this is what he said. Our job, that's our job, is to control exactly what people think. And that's a real big problem in our country. Because the news media feeds the minds of the Americans. That's why they think the way they do. That's a lot of them, that's all the news they get is the liberal news. And if that's all you get, I'm sorry. Uh, but but they, you know, they want to control, and media, media really does, you know, whether it's, you know, and when you say TV, you know, that's kind of outdated almost because now it's the Internet. You can get anything over the Internet. And the movie theater kind of idea is almost outdated because you can get anything that's at the theater at home. I still don't think we should go to the movie theaters, and there's other reasons for that. But, and, but anything that's a movie theater, we probably shouldn't watch at home either. Um, but a couple other quotes here, and, and, I, and when, again, when I say TV, think of it as media completely, because it, it's all really in that same group. It, it's the idea of programming or controlling our thoughts, which will endeavor pro control our thought processes and how we think, and then it'll be how we act. Uh, and this is this, these are old quotes, but, quote, TV is the narcotic that will one day have all of us zombies, unquote. I don't, I don't even remember who said that. Another quote is, quote, TV is the culture 
the carrier of values and determiner of behavior, unquote. Now, as you think about that, the creator of values, or the carrier of values and determiner of behavior, you know, I was a boy, I grew up in a, in a kind of liberal Mennonite church. And I know you wouldn't think this, being a Mennonite, but a lot of dads and us boys, kids, girls, whatever, we listened to country western music, Mennonite church, country western music, and drank Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, both of them will kill you. But anyway, anyway, uh, that's the, a lot of what we listened to. And, and I would say, looking back, and looking where the Mennonite church and these young people have gone, that music affected the my generation. Because they have completely gone contemporary. Um, and again, it has to do with our thought processes. It has to do with the thought processes. Um, before we were married, my wife used to babysit a boy whose behavior was erratic and wild. It was like he... I mean, he could, you could ju he could just be anywhere. He's, you know why? You know why it was like that? It was the stuff he watched. The cartoons. Because that's the way it was. See, that constantly fed his mind, and it affected his actions. So we understand that, that you know, what it is very important, and we need to be cautious what we feed into our minds. What we feed into our minds. Uh, the psalmist again says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You know, as you think about media, why is our culture so violent? Well, Psalm 11 tells me God hates violence. He hates violence. But our culture, and this is an old clipping come out of the soul of the Lord, uh, says on average... 26 violent acts are presented per hour on Saturday morning programming. Um, profanity is used once every six minutes on primetime network shows, every two minutes on premium cable, and every three minutes in major picture, motion pictures, according to the study, study by Center for Media and Public Affairs. So, you know, they're getting an education why our society is so profane. There's so much profanity everywhere. It's because we hear it all the time. We hear it constantly. You know, when the kids are smaller, we had this policy. If there was a curse word, we pitched a movie. I don't care who it was. We pitched it. So, you know, we need to be careful. Uh, media has an agenda. Um, I've often said this. One of their agendas is to present that this, you know, 
distasteful language is, is tasteful. Money buys happiness. Parents are stupid. I mean, think about a lot of the TV programs. Even Andy Griffiths. Sometimes Andy Griffiths is the dumbest guy in the show. And the only guy that's a bigger fool is the preacher. Um, of course, you know, Christians are, are jerks. Um, that's, that's, that's TV. You know, Hollywood hates the things of God. And you might say, well, you know, they have some good Christian movies. Have they ever presented a Christian movie that is true to the Bible? Not that I know of. Many of them are sadly perverted. So, again, we need to be careful about these things. So, let's, I want to look at a few verses this afternoon. I was going to say tonight, but this afternoon, as we think about the subject of our thoughts and our meditation, um, to meditate, of course, is a, a form of creative thinking, and it is essential. You know, we, we, you know for, for a full understanding of God's word, we do need to meditate upon it. We need to think on it. We need to muse on it. And the idea, again, of meditation is, is or the word musing has the idea of a, a cow chewing her cud. You know, she eats, she goes, lays down, she brings that food back up, and she chews it again. And she's trying to get all the nutrients out of it. Uh, and that's what we need to do. You know, to, to get, you know, when I, when I study for... I can read over it, and I'm thinking, you know, first first reading, I think, you know, what can I get out of that? But the more hours I spend on it, thinking upon it, and reading what other people say about it, and, and, and then just, just getting other thoughts, and, and then again, just praying over it and think about it, you know, the more and more that you get as you meditate. Uh, and God wants us to meditate. Uh, our meditation should delight us. It should delight us. And it will if we spend that time. Go to, go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. In uh, Psalm 104, verse 34. Um, says, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. And, you know, when you meditate on the Lord, it does bring delight to your soul. It should also consume us. We need to, we need to be continually given to meditating upon the word of God. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love thy law it is my meditation all the day. All the day. Uh, verse 148. Mine eyes prevent in the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Again, what did, what did God tell Joshua? He was to meditate day and night. That thou mayest observe do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So Joshua's success was predicated upon the fact that he was consumed with thinking, meditating, reminding himself of what God said. And what did God say to Joshua? I will put the fear of them, fear of you, 
in them. They'll be afraid of you. And he said, I will be with thee. You know, Joshua was to think about that all the time. Think about all the things that Joshua faced. It was a, his life was, was battle after battle after battle after battle. Putting his life in danger day after day after day. Against insurmountable odds. And yet God said, you meditate upon the fact that I said, I will be with thee. And nothing will fail thee of all that I commanded you. And so he was to have that constantly in his mind. And I believe that's why Joshua never turned back from any of the battles that God led him into. Even though the odds were greatly against him on various occasions. Uh, you see, so meditating the word of God, it should, it should um, consume us. Um, somebody said, we will be enslaved by what we think. So what do you want to be a slave to? Now, go to Psalm 101. Psalm 101. <clears throat> of course, this requires that we make some choices and guard ourselves. Psalm 101, verse 1. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So, Psalmist said here that he was going to behave himself wisely, and he wasn't going to set any wicked thing before his eyes. And this is the reason. So it would not cleave to him. Now, the word cleave, you know, is used over in Genesis chapter 2 when it says, you know, uh, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and he shall be joined unto his wife. The word there again is cleave. And it's like the two are glued together. You know, if you set wicked things before your eyes, it's going to attach itself to you. I saw a picture of a guy come out of the, um, he was, he was uh, swimming on, on the shore of the ocean, and he come up out of the water, and he had a little octopus about this big around stuck to his back. And the article said, you know, they did get it off. It wasn't a poisonous one, but those suction cups were hard to get off. That's a good picture of something being cleave to you it was just stuck I mean it didn't come off when he got up out of the water it didn't stay in the water it went with him it had to be pulled off so the psalmist said you know I was setting a wicked thing before my eyes so that it does not cleave to me again it will you know it becomes embedded in your mind your mind's like a computer whatever you put in is there and all it takes you know like I say, I spent most of my growing up years listening to country music. Now, if somebody came in here and start, took a guitar and started playing Johnny Cash's songs, I could probably sing them. 
Now, I can't sing them. I can't think of any of the words right now. But all I need is the right circumstances, and all those things come right back to my mind. It's still there. It's still there. And it's true with anything. Uh, look also at Job. Job. Job 31, 1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Then he asked this question. Why then should I think upon a maid? So Job said, you know, because he had made a covenant, if he, if he makes a covenant with his eyes not to look, then he would not bust. You know, Matthew, Matthew 5 tells us that if a man looketh on a woman to lust after her in his heart, he hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. So Job said, I've made a covenant so that I will not commit fornication in my mind because I've made a covenant. I didn't even look. I didn't look. Um, so again, it has to do with the visual and uh, what we see, what we watch. Uh, go to Psalm chapter 11. Psalm chapter 11. Psalms chapter 11, verse 5. Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hated, hateth. So here, you know, God hates him that loveth violence. And, and, and you know, the things that sell uh, Hollywood and entertainment now is full of uh, sensuality and violence. It's funny that the liberal Hollywood is so against guns. But look at their movies. I mean, it's a living contradiction. They're full of violence. Just full of it. I mean, and it's not, you know, God's not against, not, God's not against all killing. If a man takes a man's life, he's before the death. We understand that. But this is just plain violence. Like Brother Hoyle was saying this morning about Manasseh, he, put, he shed much innocent blood. Just violence. That's, this was the condition of the earth in Genesis chapter 6. It was full of violence. You know, you hear today of, of parents killing their children and children killing their parents and, and people will break in and, and kill old people. Things you wouldn't heard of. 30, 40 years ago. Boy, they see it all the time. And people, young people committing suicide. You know why? Because it's popular. They'll be remembered or talked about. Even left, some even left notes to that effect. And God hates it. Um... Isaiah thirty three fifteen. Again, talking about violence. He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, 
He that despiseth the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the remunitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him, his waters shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. Reminds me of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. So these are the things that we need to guard against. And we need to meditate upon things that please the Lord. Now... As we think about our med- meditation, these are some of the things we should would meditate upon. Go to fir- or, uh, we'll start in Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. <clears throat> Philippians chapter four. You know, some people, and, and before before I get into that, some people think that you know TV or or uh, you know some cartoons and so on can teach. Um, children good things. Well, that hasn't been proven. In fact, there's a lot of studies that say contrary to that. Uh, this this article was uh, uh, written. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who put it out. Just titled "The Good and Bad Effects of TV on Children." Um, anyway, it says that um, number one, TV. No- TV provides no educational benefits for children under age two. TV viewing numbs your kids' minds. TV viewing takes away time from reading and improving skills through practice. Uh, Kids who watch a lot of TV have trouble paying attention to teachers because they are accustomed to fast-paced visual stimulation on TV. Uh, A long-term study conducted by Millennium Cohort Study, published in 2013, found that children who watched more than three hours of television, videos, or DVDs had a higher chance of conduct problems. Oh, amazing. Emotional problems and relationship problems by the age seven than other children. Uh, TV exposes your kids to negative influences, promotes negative behavior. Kids who watch too, too much TV are usually overweight, according to the Medi- American Medical Association. Uh, every hourly increase in daily television watching from two and a half years old is associated with, this is what we hear a lot about today, bullying by classmates and physical prowess at kindergarten, said Professor Linda Pagano of the University of Montreal. So, you know, there are really no good effects or benefits of watching TV, by the way. It's not good for kids. Is it good for us? No. Anyway, Philippians chapter 4. So what do we need to feed our minds on? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So these are the kind of things that we need to meditate upon, we need to think upon, or we need to muse about. Uh, we need to think on, as he says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Think on excellent things. In Philippians 1, 9, he says, In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. The word excellent there means to, uh, of more value. 
it's 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 uh in, in Matthew, I think it's Matthew ten thirty one, where he talks about it, you are more value than the sparrows. Same word it means excellent. So we need to, we need to prove things or think on things that are of more value. There's no value in what the media, Hollywood media promotes or puts out. Um, you know, a lot of it is 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 imagine it, you know it feeds our imaginations. And imaginations can be terrible. <laughs> uh, look at Second Corinthians chapter five. <coughs> Excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter five. And this is, you know, as you think about it, I, I, referring to that boy who's, you know, he's he's a wild man. What was he doing? He was imagining he was one of those characters that he watched on TV. In 2 Corinthians 5, or 10, I'm sorry, verse 3, says, If so be that being, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 5, I'm supposed to be in chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And notice, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now the word imaginations here means a reasoning such as is hostile to Christian faith. So it's a reasoning, and, 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 and the word of God says that we need to cast down any reasoning that's hostile to the Christian faith. We don't want it to cleave to us. But it's not going to cleave to us. Let's not watch it. Now, you know, we live in a, we live in a world where we see a lot of things every day that are that are uh, hostile to our Christian faith. I mean, if you go to Walmart, you're going to hear profanity. You know, sometimes you hear women using profanity in Walmart. Um, you're going to see things that are ungodly, immodest apparel, you know, and all those things. I think God gives us grace, but, but I think the idea here is that when we intentionally spend our time filling our minds with these kind of things, it's going to cleave to us, it's going to stick. So we have to be careful um, to cast down you know, the word, again, Genesis 6, says that every imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. And then that's when God said, I'll give him 120 years. And Noah preached for 120 years. And then the flood came. Every imagination. So, so we need to cast down, put a guard up. Um, against every thought, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And again, you know, our thoughts, so the things that we think about are what program us. You know, Proverbs, or, um, Romans 12, too, we talked about that here a couple weeks ago. But be you transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. You know, this is why it's important that we meditate 
memorize scripture, memorize songs. Um, you know, I got up this morning and I was studying and, and getting ready for today and I had this song on my mind. I just kept singing over and over again. It's about the resurrection. You know, those things help us. When, when you put those things in your mind, you know, so, so we need to work on memorizing and, and, and thinking about those things. When you put those things in your mind, it helps you to think right thoughts. It governs your actions. Psychologists, I, I, I found this online. Psychologists teach us there are two mental laws that contribute heavily to our mental state of being. In other words, whether we are happy or sad. They are the law of concentration and the law of substitution. Now, the law of concentration states that wherever we dwell, whatever we dwell upon grows in our life experience. Whatever you think about it on a continual basis becomes a part of us. So we become what we think. You are what you think. The law of substitution states that our conscious mind can only hold one thought at a time. Makes no difference to our mind whether the thought is negative or positive. It can only hold one at a time. However, we can choose to substitute negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Thus changing our mental state of being. And again, God understood this. He says, man, Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Or is your thinking a positive thought? Because he trusteth in thee. So we are what we are because of what we allow ourselves to concentrate on. So if you find yourself an old, crabby, negative, miserable person that nobody likes to be around, you're that way because you've allowed yourself to feast on a steady diet of crabby, miserable, negative thoughts. So you need to change your thoughts. Proverbs, or Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right. What's the next word? Anybody know? Rejoicing the heart. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. So if you want to be rejoicing, think on the statutes of the Lord. You know, if you ladies bake a cake, and it doesn't turn out like what you want, you can't blame the oven all day long, that won't change the outcome of your next cake. What do you need to change? You need to change the recipe. So if you want to change your thoughts, your life, what you think, your attitude, you need to change the recipe of your life. Substitute negative thoughts with positive ones. And again, Paul tells us in Philippians 4 to think on these things. 
think on these things. And the God of peace shall be with thee. So it's important that we, as God's people, if we want to please the Lord, if we want our lives to please the Lord, if we want to have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, if we want to be a good testimony before the Lord, we have to refrain from feeding our minds with the wicked programming. Look up the word programming sometimes. Sometimes. They're trying, the world's trying to program you into thinking. They want to control your mind. Hitler controlled the minds of Germany. He programmed them. The world wants to program you to think a certain way. But we need to think on the things of the Lord and be like Joshua who meditated day and night that he would observe to do all that the Lord commanded. That he would be victorious in the battles of life. So, how is your thought life? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your mind? You know, I've often heard this, that, of course, music has, is a very strong influence. And I've often heard, you know, people that worked in Christian schools having a trouble with a young person or something, and he said, and, it, and you know, I've heard many, many of people say that there's a common denominator, usually, in all that. And it's the music they listen to. Because it affects our thought processes. Um, so we need to be careful uh, what we feed our minds. We need to cast down imaginations. Those things that have exalted themselves against God. And uh, bring in to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So might God help us to set a guard in our life that our thoughts that we might meditate upon him and please him let's pray